We love forgiveness. We have sung several songs this morning about forgiveness. Uh, We love it when somebody else doesn't remind me of how bad I've messed up and they forgive me. And every time I see them, they don't bring it up. We, We love to experience that kind of forgiveness. And we love to talk about God's grace and His forgiveness. But we have sort of a love-hate relationship with forgiveness, don't we? We love it when it flows to us. The hate part is when we're asked to forgive another. When we're asked to share that forgiveness. This summer we're doing a whole series of sermons on just different topics. People sent in to me said, I'd like to hear a sermon about And this sermon comes out of one of those requests that said, how do you forgive that situation that is unforgivable? Because that's when forgiveness gets really tough, doesn't it? We can forgive the little things, the little slights, and we go on pretty easily. But sometimes they're not little things, are they? Sometimes very bad things happen that are so hard for us to move past, to forgive. Whether that's the unfaithfulness of a spouse, a co-worker who who steals our credit and gains promotion for what we did, the abuse of a child, or a parent who's abused us, Corruption that ruins a company and destroys people's jobs and lives and homes and careers. Close friends who become enemies. The list could go on and on. We've all experienced them. I I can't imagine there's anyone in this room except the children who haven't at some point, and some of us multiple times, been placed in those circumstances where Something has been done or happened or allowed or whatever that is so difficult to forgive. How do you forgive such people, such situations? It's at that time we love that Old Testament concept of an eye for an eye. We're much more comfortable with consequences and retribution and punishment. And then... Jesus comes along and has the nerve to say things like, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And while it's easy to read that verse, it is much, much harder to live it. Well, before we talk about how to forgive, I want us to focus on why forgiveness is important. And and it was really interesting, I I wasn't aware of this until I was working on this sermon, that really even in church settings, there was a lot more focus on um, punishment and consequences and the eye for an eye mentality until uh, in the 70s, actually. Some people began to see and write about and document, just not scripturally, but psychologically and emotionally, the reality of the importance of forgiveness. Forgiveness for ourselves. That if we don't forgive, there are real consequences 
But I want to back up for that. Because part of the truth is we need to forgive because it's how God forgives. That's how He works. As Christians, we have said we want to follow God. He is our Heavenly Father. His Word guides us. And the truth is, He is a loving God, and He asks us to be like Him. Turn over to Luke with me, if you would. I want to read a couple verses there that Jesus said to us. Luke 6, 35 and 36. These are some pretty challenging words Jesus says to us. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. Because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So Jesus says, I challenge you to love your enemies. I challenge you to forgive. I challenge you to be kind because that's how God is. And as his children, we are called to resemble him, to be like him. And we love to worship God for his mercy and sing praise for his grace. But the other side of that coin is God turns around and says, now be like me. You're right. Grace is great. Now show it. Be like me. And so God begins by challenging us to be forgiving because it is how we are like him. And when we are not forgiving, we are not like him. That piece of our lives has not yet lined up with our merciful Father. But as I said, we have now learned that only by forgiving... Can we move on? And this is another reason it is important for us to learn how to forgive. If we do not forgive, if I am harboring that offense, then I am harboring some hatred, some ill will, some malice. And what that does in harboring that is it it ties me to that circumstance, that person, and it becomes impossible for me to move on. It's like we can't leave that painful situation or circumstance and we end up reliving it and reliving it and reliving it and we become stuck. And our heart becomes full of the opposite of God. Our heart becomes full of bitterness and anger, hatred, ill will. And in a sense, the person who injured us injures us again and again and again. Because we don't let go. Only in forgiveness do we find freedom, healing, and health. That's a quote from a book I'm going to show you in just a minute. Only in forgiveness do we find... I'm not even worried about the other person I'm forgiving right now. For self, only in forgiveness do we find freedom to move on. Do we find healing of our emotions, our heart, 
and, in a sense, health. Now, the third one, and I think this is one of the uh, challenging ones for us as Christians. The reason to forgive is that we determine the degree of forgiveness God shows us. Now, that's not my concept. That's directly out of Scripture. If we're as forgiving as we are, or unforgiving, that's how much God forgives or doesn't forgive us. Turn over to Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school, and it struck me. These are a couple verses that I don't think we spend as much time on as we probably should, because they're verses that make us squirm. They, they make us a little uncomfortable. And yet Jesus said, you need to understand this. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Those are challenging verses. Because that says, whoa, if I am hard-hearted, if I refuse to go on with somebody else, God's going to say, hey, Jim. Remember how you wouldn't let go of that? Well, I'm not going to let go of this. Now, at first, that to me, it's like, well, God, you're not being fair. But then I was saying, well, don't we do that with our kids? Imagine one of your kids has um, some ice cream and they won't share with their brother or sister. Three minutes later, they urge their brother or sister to share. We probably won't make that brother or sister share. We'll say, whoa, wait, wait a minute, you wouldn't share? How's it feel? We're not, we're not going to make him or her share. And we would say that is teaching a healthy lesson about life. But God, please don't do that with me. <laughs> and he'd say, no, I need you to understand this. It's important not only because that's being like me, but it affects how I'm going to have an attitude towards being willing to forgive you. So God really challenges us. Jesus challenges us. This is a big deal. You need to work on forgiving because it's the way I work and it's for your own good. And it affects our relationship, us and God, and how much he forgives us. So let's talk about forgiveness, what it is and, and how to do it. But I actually want to begin with what forgiveness is not. Because I think there are some misunderstandings about forgiveness. And some of those misunderstandings make it more difficult for us to forgive if we don't understand what it is. And I do want to point you to a resource because I found it very helpful. It's called Total Forgiveness. Uh, it's a book available on Amazon. I mean, it's, it's still in print. Uh, it, a great Christian uh, pastor from uh, England. Uh, he was good enough to replace John Stott, so he's not shabby. Um, but a great mind and, and just some great practical wisdom about forgiveness. And some of the concepts I'm sharing today are from this book. But I think we need to talk about forgiveness because I think it's, there are some misunderstandings. First of all, forgiveness is not approving of what's been done. 
It's not saying that that was okay, that that was right, or it doesn't matter. There is still right and wrong. Forgiveness does not wipe away the concepts of right and wrong. And forgiveness does not mean I need to excuse or justify what they've done. That's enabling and abuse. To forgive doesn't mean I have to excuse them. Or I have to justify why they did what they did to me. That's not forgiveness. And here is an important one. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. And I've heard a lot of that in Christian circles where to forgive means I must reconcile. But please, here's the difference I want you to understand. Reconciliation is by definition a restored relationship. And a relationship takes two. And that other person may or may not be willing to restore that relationship. I cannot control 100% of reconciliation. I can help or hurt, but I can't make reconciliation happen. But you see, if that is our definition of forgiveness, then I have lost the power to forgive of my own choice. If they don't reconcile that I haven't forgiven, that's not accurate. And that's why forgiveness is different. Forgiveness is me and what I'm doing inside my heart and my head. And I can control that. I can forgive that other person whether or not they ever reconcile. That's why Paul says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. To the degree you can influence it, you do your part. Whether or not they do their part, that affects reconciliation. It does not affect forgiveness. We can still do that. Three more things forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not denying what they did. And in fact, we'll see that as one of the important steps in forgiving. But sometimes people say, well, I'll just not, I'll pretend it didn't happen. That's not forgiveness. And it's not forgetting. One of the amazing things that we learn in Scripture and we know about ourselves is God can forget. He can choose in His infinite power to say, I will remember your sins no more. We can't do that. I wish we could. I don't know why He didn't make us so we can. You can ask Him about that someday. I want to. But the reality is we are stuck with brains that we cannot reboot. And much as we want to say, I don't want to remember that anymore, I don't want to think about that anymore, and we'll go for periods where we don't remember it. And then something will happen, we'll see somebody, and wham, it's right back. It's not gone, it's not deleted, it's still lurking there, and Satan knows that. But that doesn't mean you haven't forgiven, and that's something we need to understand. I think that's an impossible expectation if, as a Christian, you feel like, if I've really forgiven, I won't remember this anymore. I don't think that's possible. The last thing that forgiveness is not, is not pretending you're not wounded. And again, I see Christians do this feeling like, well, if I'm really spiritual, I'm just going to say, well, no big deal. Well, some things aren't a big deal. That's true. 
But if things are a big deal, then they are a big deal. And forgiveness, it's not about pretending well, that really didn't happen. Forgiveness is dealing with this and moving ahead, but not pretending. So those are some things forgiveness is not. What is forgiveness? Oh, sorry. I want to list some things for you to think about. The beginning of forgiveness is, first of all, facing reality that is often painful. It is not denying it. It is bringing it out to look at it yourself and say, this is what has happened. This is reality. This is what has happened to me. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to deny it. I have to deal with it. And to deal with it, I first have to face it. Once we have done that, we have faced that reality. One of the other things we need to understand is that forgiveness is refusing to keep score. This is that verse that you're familiar with from 1 Corinthians 13. Real love keeps no record of wrong. It's a beautiful verse in a wedding setting. But when we're dealing with just life and relationships, it is a challenge to say, I'm not going to keep my list. Now, if you've been married, you've probably experienced lists. Because something goes wrong, and people get upset, and suddenly it's not just the issue from yesterday and when you forgot your anniversary... It's and and three months ago and six months ago and then last year and then the year before. And do you remember the time? And suddenly we're going back ten years. That's what a record of wrongs looks like. And we've all experienced it. But you see, part of the challenge of forgiveness is saying, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to keep that record of wrongs. I'm not going to... Bring up the past. Now, the challenge in this is what I said earlier. But I can't erase that record. So you see, is that record in my head? Yes. And every one of us could produce that list for our spouses. And for other people in our lives. Because we can't forget. And Paul knows that. So what does he mean? He means we're not going to talk about it. It's there, but we're not going to bring it up. We're not going to keep that record active. We're going to set things aside. We're going to be done with them. We're going to refuse to keep bringing them up. That's how we refuse, or that's how we don't keep that record of wrongs. Because if we don't see, then we're just feeding that bitterness and anger in us as we review that record. Not keeping a record of wrongs is not just for the benefit of the other person. It's for my benefit as I'm trying to forgive. Because if I don't, if I allow myself to review that record, then it's just going to bring back the anger and the hurt and make it harder to forgive. So it is sort of mentally grabbing ourselves by the head and saying, no, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to go on. I'm going to think about something else. 
What do we do with that? La, 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 you know, just sort of that kind of thing. I, I'm not going to do that. When our heads start to go there, our hearts start to go there. It's refusing to keep a scorecard. And one of the hard parts of forgiveness is this next one, and that is refusing, oh, refusing to punish. Because we want to, don't we? It's amazing to me to watch small children. And it's like from birth in our DNA, we have this sense of justice and consequences. And if somebody did something wrong, we want to see them suffer. And we say we outgrow that, but I think it still lurks in all of us. There is still somewhere that little sentiment of, oh boy, I hope they pay for this. I hope they suffer. And sometimes we put that in spiritual terms. But there is a God concept again that we need to hear, which will help us move on. And it's first said, we think of it as a New Testament term, but it's first said way back in Deuteronomy 32. Where God says, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Twice in the New Testament, we're reminded about this in Romans 12 and Hebrews 10. Now I want you to notice that because I think God is trying to say, this is a big deal with me. I said it in Deuteronomy, and I'm reminding you about it in Romans, and I'm reminding you about it in Hebrews. It's my job. Now, our humanness is, I want to make them pay. What God says is, this work of consequences and punishment is God kind of work. Don't mess with it. And if you really think about it, he's exactly right. Because we only look at the externals. We don't see the heart. We don't see the mind. We don't see all the other factors. Only God sees the big picture. What was really going on? What led up to this? What were all the contributing factors? How does all this web of stuff work together to produce this incident? And what was really in the heart of both people? And what really is the outcome of this good and bad long-term That is so complex, we are not capable of doing that. God says, only I am. And only I know the big picture of a person's life, what has happened and what is going to happen. And so you need to let me work out consequences and results and punishment and whatever. That's my job. Get your hands off. Leave it to me. Now, we don't want to do that. We want to play God, and we want to mete out punishment. But the truth is we're not qualified, and God knows that. And he says, you need to let me handle this. Let go. Forgive. And it's not, God is not saying, I'm going to ignore it. I'm not taking that pain seriously. I'm not, no, that's not it at all. But God says, you need to trust me to handle this in appropriate ways that are fair and right. The next thing about forgiveness is, and I think this is a challenging one, refusing to tell what they did. 
Now, what is God able to do? We already talked about this. He can forget. He remembers no more. We can't. But the next best thing is refusing to talk about it. And again, our humanness, I want to get on Facebook and I want to post it. I want to get my friends together and I want to talk about it. And we've all, I'm, I, I can guarantee everybody in this room has dealt with some people that when you meet them, you know what they're going to talk about. And it's this great pain that happened in their life. And they keep talking about it. And the next time you see them in three months, you know what they're going to talk about. And it is a part of not letting go. It is a part of not moving on. And certainly, this is not saying that that incident or that situation does not become a part of who we are. Because it does. It's just like a scar I carry from a mistake, an accident, whatever. It's not going to go away. But it is saying, I'm not going to talk about that injury all the time. I'm moving on. And it's not who I am. There's so many good movies out that talk about that. That injury doesn't have to define me. It's there. I carry that scar. It will always be a part of who I am but I am more than that. And it's not what I choose to focus on anymore. It's not what I'm always talking about. And one of the biggest parts of forgiveness is showing mercy. Not treating people as they deserve to be treated. Turn over with me to Ephesians 4.32. Or it's on the screen, I guess. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I think here is one of the biggest secrets to forgiveness. And that is becoming aware of our own need for forgiveness. I... I'm not God, and I can't know every heart. I admit that up front. But over the years, looking at some of the most unforgiving Christians I've known, I've come to arrive at a conclusion. And that is that I think they're so unforgiving because as I talk to them, I'm not sure they have ever really experienced God's forgiveness themselves. They're still living with a legalism and a fear of being wrong. And that legalism is so driving them to do right and punish wrong because they're terrified that they're not forgiven. And Paul is exactly right here. Confronting our own sins, not jumping over them, not glossing over them, but facing them enough to arrive at a point of saying, you know what, God, you're not getting any bargain with me. What I've done, and to sit and take communion and realize as I hold that bread in that cup, Jesus still died for me. And with what I've done, I'm still forgiven. That is amazing. And you see, when that becomes center in my focus, in my heart, 
it is so much harder to turn and not be forgiving of another. But the beginning is for us to confront our desperate need for forgiveness. And to, we want to be easy on ourselves and hard on others. And gloss over our sins and our need for forgiveness and how terrible the other one is. Paul says if we flip that and we spend some more time with how unworthy we are, how we've blown it, our attitudes, and then we set with God's grace and Christ's death for us and that He still loves us. It begins to transform our hearts about forgiving others because we're changed on the inside. Another part of forgiveness is avoiding bitterness. And I want us to read a verse where this comes from that if you're not familiar with it, it needs to become a a very important verse for you. It's over in Hebrews 12, verse 15. And it says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This is a warning of how unforgiveness works. And I want to sort of start in the middle and then go to both ends. The reality is that an offense against us can become a seed of bitterness. And that's a very graphic picture. That offense can be a little thing, a seed. But if it is allowed to be planted inside our hearts and our heads, and if it is allowed to take root, it can grow and grow to become this enormous plant of bitterness in our lives and fill our lives with bitterness, anger, hatred, ill will, all of those qualities that are not about God or Jesus, and do not make us happier or better people. And if we allow that seed to take root and grow in our lives, it can cause us to miss the grace of God. Remember the words of Jesus? God will forgive us as much as we have forgiven. So that seed of bitterness can cause us to miss the grace of God But it also affects others, and that's the end, and defile many. Because we tell others about this terrible thing that happened and this terrible person, and that affects how they feel about that other person. And you've seen that kind of bitterness just grow to become a cancer in a family, in a church, because one seed of bitterness was allowed to take root and grow in a life. If I could challenge you with nothing else from this sermon, it would be to watch your lives if seeds of bitterness are taking root. If there is some situation, some words that were said, some relationship, whatever it is that you're starting to think about a lot and it's prompting a whole lot of negative bad things in your head and anger and all those things, you have a seed of bitterness that's taken root. And at that point, you need to dig it out. My wife and I spent several hours on the 4th of July morning rooting out crabgrass in our vegetable garden. 
That is the nastiest stuff in the world. You take a hoe to it, it just bounces off. I mean, it is just this web of roots, and you just have to hack through it and then get down with your bare hands and rip it out. But you got to do it, or it just takes over the garden. Well, that's the seed of bitterness. I know what I'm saying is not easy, but you need to see the destructive power of bitterness, of unforgiveness, and say, whether it's easy or not, I have got to dig this out. I've got to get rid of this. Or it's going to take root and it's going to destroy me and it's going to destroy people around me. And that's the warning of Hebrews 12, 15. And I hope that verse is one you never forget because it's always a warning for us in our Christian lives. If anything starts to take root, you need to be able to say to yourself, there is a seed of bitterness here. You hear, yourself, you hear yourself say something. You watch yourself do something, and you know in that moment, a seed of bitterness has taken root. I need to get rid of it. There's two more things that may surprise you that forgiveness includes. Forgiving God. Because the reality is, at some level, in a lot of situations there is a component where our forgiveness needs to include forgiving God. Now, it can be, depending on how you've been taught, you think God caused bad things. I don't believe that. I think Scripture says that's not true. But at the minimum, we will say God allowed it. He could have stopped it, and He didn't. And I don't have answers for that. Only a trust in the goodness of God and the love of God and that he does not delight in evil. Now the why he allowed something bad to happen, he sees and understands things that I don't see and understand. I have to trust him in that. But with that, there is the peace of forgiving God. Because if we can't do that, That offense not only affects my relationship with another, it can affect my relationship with God. And I have to forgive God. The last one may be even more surprising, forgiving yourself. Because sometimes, no, often, we're not totally innocent in whatever has happened. We may say, yeah, it's 80% their fault, but there is a 20%. And whatever those percentages may be, and and I fully grant in uh, some situations of abuse, etc., it's 100% zero. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But in many situations, there's some pieces that, if we're honest, well, I was partially at fault here too. And part of moving on is also forgiving ourselves if that needs to happen. So those are the things that make up forgiveness. But that still leaves the final question, how do we learn to forgive? Forgiveness isn't easy. It's not something that comes natural. Eye for an eye, that's natural. That's easy. It's something we have to learn. Now, the good thing is we have a wonderful model 
in Jesus. And so if we watch him, and probably the ultimate example of Jesus is he, as he hangs on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. One of the most amazing, difficult things I can comprehend with nails through my hands and feet and to say, forgive them. So we have Jesus running ahead of us, showing us an example in little things and big things of it is possible. Here's what it looks like. Here's situations and here's how to forgive. We not only have Jesus, but we live every day with a heavenly Father who models mercy for us. And so we have Jesus as our older brother leading us, showing us in human form, here's how you do it. We have God in heaven showing us forgiveness every day and modeling it for us. We have his spirit in us to help us and the word to teach us and fellow Christians around us who are wrestling with the same issues, who struggle to forgive, and who have found out what can help learn how to move on and forgive and let go and what doesn't work. All of those resources are available to us to learn how to forgive if we are willing to say, I want to do that. I want to forgive. I get it, God. I need to be like you. Jesus, I want to follow you. I need to put this aside. It's been eating me up, and it's not hurting anybody else but me. How do I move on? They're willing to help us. As we experience forgiveness, we talked about that, and you see, learning by getting forgiveness from God and from other Christians helps us learn how to show it to others. Forgiveness is a powerful thing if we will only use it. I don't know if you've watched this movie, Invictus. If you haven't, I would recommend it. I think I got nervous this morning. There probably is a little language in it that's not appropriate. But beyond that, it's a true story of when Nelson Mandela took over South Africa. And it focuses on the national rugby team, which in South Africa is a much bigger deal than here. But the national rugby team was all white and a pillar of apartheid. And so as the blacks were able to take over South Africa, the assumption was that they would start over, abolish the Springboks, and start a whole new rugby team. Mandela, in his genius, realized that somewhere either this nation is going to destroy itself or we have to forgive as blacks and help this nation learn forgiveness. And the movie is really mostly about Mandela. But it's a phenomenal story because Matt Damon, who's not in this picture, is the coach of the Springboks and white and a part of apartheid white South Africa. And Mandela goes to him and challenges him to make it work. But throughout the movie, you just see the power 
of forgiveness and how it changed the course of a nation. Because I think the odds in Las Vegas when Mandela was going to take over South Africa was that that nation would destroy itself. Now, it did not, and it still has a boatload of problems, but it did not destroy itself as a nation because of the forgiveness modeled by Nelson Mandela. That's on a big scheme. But the truth is there's probably situations in every one of our lives where forgiveness can have an amazing power to heal ourselves and to move on with life. I want to end a little bit differently. It's getting a little bit late, but rather than sing, I want us to have some time for quiet prayer. And then I'll close. But would you just spend some time... Kirk, could you come just play something on the keyboard? Um, And would you just talk with God? Are there some things in your life, some forgiveness issues that you need to deal with? Is there some seeds of bitterness that are planted that need to be rooted out no matter how hard that crabgrass is? Could we just take a few minutes and I would just ask each of us to have our own conversation with the Father and ask Him to put His finger on anything in our lives that we need to deal with about forgiveness. And then in a few minutes, I'll close with prayer. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you can use some of these scriptures, anything I've said. Because we, we all need to show mercy as you are merciful. And not forgiving, we just destroy ourselves. Help us understand that. It's why you call us to be forgiving like you. I pray that any thing in our lives that you would put your finger on it and and make us see it and then help us learn how to forgive help us root out those seeds of bitterness that we can rebuild our lives and move on thank you that you are a God of mercy 
in your son's name.